Welcome to the Double Shot with your favourite cousins. James Fitzgerald here, uh, present. No Alex, because Alex has welcomed a baby boy into the world. It is official. I don't think she'd care, Mitch. We've got uh, uh, loyal, loyal fill-in, Mitch, uh, yeah. joining us. I don't think she'd care if I broke that. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I I once delivered news to the office that we got titles at one of the developments she was working on before she got the chance to tell them, and she wasn't happy. So who knows? Baby may be a little bit different, but it's great to be here anyway, James. Well, her dad told me that she had the baby. Yeah. I heard it from her dad yeah, before, right. before okay. her. There you go. I woke up to a text message from her Monday morning, so the, the Sunday evening text message come through. Mm. So a big congratulations to Alex. Uh, very Huge. happy for her. We won't, we won't go into details. No, we'll let you her can, do you that. Can, you can let her go into yeah. the details. But, uh, yeah, little, little healthy, very, very healthy baby boy. Mitch uh, has been here two minutes and he's already ruined the whole settings <laughs> of the podcast. Hey, uh, I don't know where to start today because there is a fair bit to cover. We had, we had the week off, so it has uh, meant that we've, we've got a, a bit of a list to get through here, some fairly meaty stuff, um, but I, I, feel, I feel I can't start anywhere else than than in the broader topic of job applications. Mm, yeah. I've um job applications are taking a taking a change. So I don't know about you, but for most of my life I've been submitting job applications with your C V. Fair bit of mail on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fairly beefed up. Um and you'd then be, you'd be nervous about the recent <laughs> uh recent introduction of fact checkers. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, there's a lot of companies, including Hilton, who are moving away from that um, that structure and introducing video applications yes. and on nothing else but the TikTok platform, which I thought was a little bit, um, a little bit crazy. Yeah. Well, I think ChatGPT has thrown mm. a real spanner in the works because you can get an impeccable CV and cover letter from ChatGPT and there's probably a fair chunk of people using it. Oh, 100%. So, so I can understand wanting to, I guess, get a sense for uh, the real applicant trying to distinguish from what might or might not have been um, generated through artificial intelligence. But yeah, uh, Hilton Hotels mandated that their applicants submit a video via TikTok. Yeah, and I thought the, the, the most strange part of the requirements is that they've got to do it on their public platform, hashtag, I think Hilton hiring or something like that. So I assume that it's like you post your followers hashtagging Hilton and they, they see it, which I think is a bit strange. Like I'm all for the video application part of it. I think that's good because mm. a CV really like – a CV gets an interview and then I think the decision's made from from the interview. I don't know. You, you've hired a lot of people in your time. What, what, what do you think about whether or not a video application would be something that you'd uh, – would be appealing to you when hiring? Well, I think – Sometimes you you get a bit of a copy-paste job, which is not the idea of an application. You want them to personalize it to the company and, and have an interest in it. Mm. So my, my go-to used to be to get them to email it direct. Mm. And then anyone who just applied through, say, Seek or something, you, you sort of thought, well, they're probably not really paying attention. Mm. Um, but no, it, it, uh, it's certainly, I think it's very relevant because yeah. because as I think back now, the quality of job application these days is high. Mm. There's very little spelling mistakes for <laughs> <Yeah>. starters. <laughs> yeah, correct. So ChatGPT's changed it for for the best or the worst, depending on how you look at it. But um, no, I'm 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 in support of the video application. What about work from home? 
So you support, you, yes. you're in support of the, the video job application. What about work from home? That has been something that's been getting a bit of media attention. Mm. There's ba- basically, there's been companies mandating that their staff come back into work. Mm. And some of the staff have um, basically gone to the fair work commission, mm. uh, which is the, the arbiter of, of people you know being treated fairly or not fairly yep. in their workplace and challenged whether uh, the, this particular one, the, the company was Maxia, mm. which is a packaging provider, and whether or not they had reasonable grounds to reject an employee's request to work from home full-time after she claimed that she needed to work 100% remotely to care for for young child, um, uh, which they, he was seeking custody every second week. The Fair Work uh, Commission has basically said that it is fair for Maxia to require the employer to spend at least 40% of every working uh, week and his working time in the office uh, when he was not caring for his child. That's fair enough, isn't it? Like, I, I think if they had rejected any time spent at home, I think that would be a bit unfair, particularly if he's or she's trying to, um, you know, get custody of the child. But if the whilst the child's with the other the parent, I think that's probably fair enough. You require them to come into work. I'm a work from well, depends if you consider it working when I'm here. But I hear most of the t- I'm here most of the time. But I, I don't work from uh, I don't work from home much unless you know I've got trades coming around or you know I've got something you know a little bit sick whatever the case may be. So I'm an advocate for the work from office because I think you are um, you get so much value and benefit from collaborating with different people. And I'm an extroverted sort of, yeah, more like the social aspect of it as well, going for a coffee and, and, and that. So, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I think there should be a hybrid uh, working arrangement, which I think is what Maxio were trying to propose here, 40% at the office, 60% at home. Well, yeah, he's wanting to work from home full-time even when he doesn't yeah. have his, his yeah, kids. Exactly so it doesn't right. quite make sense in this particular instance. But I guess, you know, w- whether or not um, people should be entitled to work from home, I think it very much depends on the job and, and the person, mm. you know, because some people can do it really well. I, I cannot do it well. Um, no. It's it's never been something that, uh, you know, every now and then, yes, but to do it, say, two or three days a week even for, for me hasn't uh, hasn't worked. Anyway, t- uh, that, that deals with a couple of light ones to get us started, Mitch. Yeah. I feel like we're probably going to jump in to the biggest – Bit of news, I think, in the property and investment space over the past fortnight, which I'll get you to run the lead on. It is the first homeowners grant in Queensland. You want to run us through what's happened there? Yeah, so um, I think the state government via uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Premier, last week, I think, I can't remember, it was Sunday... Two weeks ago, I think it was, have announced mm-hmm. that they were doubling the first homeowner grant. Now, I mean, most people would be familiar with what the first homeowners grant is, but effectively, it's a incentive that the state government give to people entering the market for the first time, whereby they give what used to be fifteen thousand dollars towards the cost of of a home. Now, there's various you know, requirements and, and criteria and thresholds that that property has to meet, but they've said that they were going to double that to 30000 which they're anticipating will activate 
about an additional 12,000 people to get into the market over the next, uh, what is it, three years. I think that they're it, effectively they're going to offer it to 2025. So yeah. they're anticipating that will allow 12,000 people to buy that otherwise couldn't have. Now, that's a lot of uh, demand in a critically undersupplied market already. Um, so it's it's absolutely massive for um, you know the the market. Fantastic if you're a first home buyer, but we're in a housing crisis, and uh, I think it will only make matters worse as far as supplies concerned. Oh yeah, I mean if you're a if you're a first home buyer, you're crazy if you don't jump in on that, right? Yeah. If, if you're eligible, I did think they like the 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 limit at the moment is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for yeah, a, for a property. Yes. Curious to get your views on that. That seems like it's maybe a little bit low uh given that that house prices have increased quite a bit at the moment I, i'd say yeah. it's below the median house price yeah, in brisbane 100 percent below the median house price in brisbane um and you know most people are probably going to be buying uh house and land with that i mean a unit you know might be um better suited to being under seven hundred fifty thousand. but house and land which is what we deal with mm. you would be very lucky to find house and land in most parts of southeast queensland today under 750000 because it means, you know, with construction costs the way they are today, a house might cost you anywhere between three fifty dollars to $400,000 to build. So it doesn't leave much for your land price, what, three hundred grand, three hundred fifty thousand dollars thereabouts um, to, to basically find a block of land, which is tough, tough to do. Uh, the Queensland government has only once in the past increased the first homeowner's grant, mm-hmm. and it was... Uh, at the back of the global financial crisis, 2009 and 10, they increased it. It was 7,000 7, at the time. And for a while there, they increased it to 21,000. So they tripled it. Yeah. And then and then uh, that was maybe for, for the first 12 months. And then the second 12 months, it jumped from 7,000 to 14,000. Do you want to have a stab at what it did for first home buyer activity? At the time, oh, so what? Well, just terms in terms of, of like percent increase, I would say, like, let's say it had a thirty percent impact in that thirty percent of people, like thirty percent more people could buy from first home buyer market. Where, where did it you, you you're not bad. A little bit light, a fifty percent increase. Fifty percent. Wow. So if there was six thousand, yes, first time buyers, there was nine thousand. The next year, so that that is that is a a big jump, yes. and then and then we both know that the uh, only other time really that the Queensland government has had an increased first homeowners grant was when all of Australia got it mm. through Home Builder, home builder. Um, yeah. and if in back back in two thousand ten, so that that increased it from from um, fifteen thousand to forty thousand. Yes. So you got a significant, a much bigger. Um, uh, boost than even even this time around mm. um that doubled first home buyer activity yeah so not just 50 percent it doubled yeah well we first time buyer we activity sort of felt that on the ground didn't we um probably important as well you know we sort of take for granted that most people you know will be familiar with the requirements but might just run through them so you know you know who who is Great. eligible yep so you've got to be um as i said building a new home valued less than seven hundred fifty thousand. so that accounts for buying off the plan, that type of thing. It just can't have been lived in before. Um, Mm. You must be 18 years of age, obviously. Um, And you also qualifies for units, duplexes, townhouses. And the one that I thought was most interesting is granny flats built on a a relative's land. 
So wow. I don't riddle me riddle me how that works. I, I don't know, but that you know would mean that if you have family who own land and that mm. land is suitable, say for adding a, an auxiliary dwelling or a granny flat to it, that you might be eligible to um you know to cut a deal with them and, and get the first homeowner's grant towards a towards a granny flat, which is crazy. Granny flat built on a relative's land. Yeah. Yeah, so a granny flat couldn't cost you much more than one hundred and hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. You're getting thirty thousand towards it, and you wouldn't own the land either. So it's a no. bit, you know, it'd be a um, it'd be an interesting scenario. But, but in geez, if you if you're a wealthy baby boomer, you'd be uh, tapping one of your nieces and nephews on the shoulder and saying, "Hey, what about this?" Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyone that's a first home buyer, certainly something to look into. I think absolutely, and, and if you know, like. If you know someone who's a first home buyer, push them mm. to do it. They've mm. got to do it. This is, I thought, I thought, I thought home builder was a once in a lifetime. This is probably a once in a lifetime in 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 the sense of the state government doing it alone. They have to do it, and it's not perfect, but we're just not building enough houses at the moment. And if you're going to help anyone, you might as well help the first home buyers. Is is I imagine their their theory. Mm. Um, they are the ones who are probably the most at need and and will benefit from it. Um, hey, have you ever shared a house? Changing tax slightly, but it but it is somewhat related. Yeah. Um, have you ever shared a house no, with someone? No. Well, other than my partner, not really. Never no, shared. Ne- never, 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 never. Never had flatmates. Never had flatmates. Did a um, like stint overseas where shared a house, but you know, it's sort of a different landscape over there. You you know, it's not you're not going to work and, and doing yep. domestics. It's a bit different. But no, ne- yep. ne- never never shared a house. Just went yeah, moved in with the partner. Um, and then, yeah, bought, bought a place with, with the partner and, and have continued on that. What about you? I reckon I recall that you have shared a few houses in your time. Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've had, um, I've had uh, some nightmare uh, <laughs> situations, to be honest. Yeah. I moved up to Brisbane when I was 20 years old. Yeah. And Flatmates wasn't around, flatmates.com or mm. realestate.com. Like, you just had to go on Gumtree. Even Facebook, there was no marketplace. So you had to go on Gumtree and I just wasn't having any luck finding people or places where I wanted to live. Mm. So I figured, how hard can it be? I'll just go and rent a place mm. and then I'll fill the rooms. Mm. So I took out a, a lease on a, on a, on a three-bedroom townhome in, in, in an area that I wanted to live. I put up a Facebook ad. Next thing I know, I'm inundated and, and I've, I've got my two roommates. Yeah. Um, wasn't, wasn't like a selective process. I was going to um, say, how would you filter the inquiry? Well, the issue was I was the only one on the lease. Yeah. So I'm the one who paid the bond. I'm the only one who, who so people would just leave with like a week's notice. And, 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 and you're and 20 years old as well. So 20 years old. I'm, tr- I'm, 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 I'm sort of flat out trying to, you know, uh, not spend all my money on the weekend um, and leave enough for groceries the next week, <laughs> let alone when, a, when another housemate ups and leaves. But it is a, a, a serious rite of passage to uh, becoming an adult. Mm. And there wasn't a lot of people sharing homes through through COVID, I guess because – we needed space um, with the lockdowns and all that. We actually sh- saw shared housing uh, drop significantly, mm. but flatmates.com have let us know during the week that they have seen an 11% increase in October mm-hmm. in terms of people joining and becoming a member yep. on their website and a 16% increase year on year. And then the properties, properties advertised on their platform is up by 38%. Mm. on this time last year. So shared housing making a massive, massive comeback. 
And it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I was just about to say, like, we're, we're in a rental crisis um, at the moment. So vacancy rates, very tight. Price of rent going up dramatically. So it makes sense that people would be looking at alternative measures. Plus, on the other side... There's probably a lot of homeowners feeling the, um, you know, feeling the increases from um, the RBA of recent times, 13 or 14 in a row. So it's a good way for them to rent out rooms. So, yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me that, you know, sharing houses would be increasing. can't believe you went straight into sharing a house with your missus. Yeah. You had no practice run, no... No. no. Right. No, it worked well. We get along great. But, yeah. <laughs> we get along great. <laughs> Sometimes. She's your fiance. We'd <laughs> yeah. hope so. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's t- well, whilst we're on the topic of spending, yes, right. Let's yeah, talk about yeah, the. Okay, we like okay. we love this stat, don't we? Oh, yeah. Who's spending money and who's not, mate? I'll tell you what. Those bloody boomers. <laughs> <laughs> and now, well, look, we, I don't you know sit, if we have you any sit next and, to you sit next to one oh, every day who yeah. who I reckon is a big contributor to this uh, growing trend. Like inflation's biting at the moment, right? Yeah, inflation's yeah. up. All right, five six percent for the year, and most people I think are thinking, or at least the people our age under 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 forty, mm. are thinking, who's spending all this money? I'm cutting back. Yeah, like my mortgage has gone up. Who is spending well, on discretionary items? I can tell you who is. Well, do tell me. <laughs> it's the over 65s. And you're dead right. I sit next to one who's a good mate of mine, and there's nothing he does better than go and spend. Now, well, he's in the, he's, the, he's in the over 75 category, yeah. which is a particularly bad offender. It's a particularly bad one. Probably never had debt in his life, so interest rate rises are, you know, <laughs> like a distant memory to him. He, gets, he makes more money because yeah, he's he, got money exactly in the right, bank. Because, yeah, he's banging on about his super returns and his deposit returns. So, but Okay, so if inflation's five and a bit percent, yes. what, are, what are our grey nomads doing? To contribute to... Discretionary spending, right? So we'll start there. Discretionary spending for the 65 plus category is up 7.2%, right? Ooh. So that's... Um, okay. So 7.2% is about 1,176 bucks. It's increased. So that's how much spending has risen in that category over the last... I think is it 12 months, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a fair bit above five point two percent inflation yeah, rate. Yeah, mu- much bigger. In context, you know, in contrast, I should say the twenty five to twenty nine category, that discretionary sector is down by almost the same amount, about a percent less. It's six point two percent. So if that doesn't give you mm. an indication of who the interest rate increases are affecting, then mm. I don't know what else will. When I guess at that stage in your life, you're starting to think about your first home, you're thinking about a deposit yes, and you're seeing, yeah, interest rates go up, but you're also probably seeing prices go up. So yeah. you're thinking, oh, I've got to work even harder to save some money. Yep. Plus if you already own property, you know, you're likely having um, just, you know, just secured a 30 year loan term. So your debt's probably at the highest it'll be. And you probably got, you know, uh, you fit, you are feeling that, um, what about under twenty five? Right. Are they are they scaling back? Under twenty five dropped about 0.1% percent across both categories. So, hardly so it's any. sort of unchanged, really. Um, which yeah, well, eighteen to twenty four. Geez, you you you, you probably. You're probably putting most of your money in the pub on a weekend. I reckon. And you're living at home. <laughs> like, you really, you're not... not I don't really. think you're bothered if your savings uh, <laughs> buffer isn't isn't moving month to month. No, nah, no. Nah. Potentially. And then, yeah, and then, look, I think... Um, the, the declines have been in, in that under 40 category. Everyone over 40 seems to be, you know, um, you know increasing their, their spendings and, and savings buffer. 
Uh, before we got started, um, and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll move here next, we have spoken about in recent podcasts that it's been a tough year for builders and some data was released last week, which I guess gave a, a real insight into just how tough a year it has been in terms of how much money they made or, or didn't make in some instances mm. uh, as against the, the money that they're turning over. It's scary reading, isn't it? Mate, it is. So I think they've, um, like this particular data we're looking at, I think accounts for, is it basically the top 10 commercial builders by way of revenue? Um, mm. And on top of that list is, you know, a well-known builder by the name of Hutchinson's. A lot of people would see their their banners everywhere, yep. cranes Particularly in, in Queensland. They're, they're in big Queensland. in Queensland. Yeah, yeah. But, but are a national builder or, or mm. in most states of Australia. Prob- mm. Maybe not in the West, but in mm. any event, this financial year, or FY23, I should say, which is the most recent financial year, um, they had $3.12 billion in revenue um, as compared to last year where they had $2.66 billion. So that was FY22. So they've increased, a lot more money. increased their revenue. However, their profit or their earnings before tax has dropped considerably. So on $3.12 billion of revenue, what do you think a acceptable margin would be by way of a percentage on that for profit? 2 or 3%? Yeah, I think so too. Hutchie's at 0.2%. According to this data, Jeez. so basically, off that revenue before tax, they've earned um, six point two seven million dollars, and after tax, I think their net earnings um, is about two point eight three. So it seems like that's a lot of revenue for you know not a lot of reward. Um, whereas you know flip that to say BMD, who, as far as revenue, are the third largest across the country, um, they had two point three four billion dollars in revenue. For about a two or three, sorry, they had one point seven three billion dollars in revenue for a three percent margin, which is which is what you say is a pretty good year. So that was about fifty one yeah. million in profit. So, well, tough, and and, a, and across across the top twenty, I think the the one that jumped out to us wasn't it that that on average their margin is about one percent. Yes. Whereas this time last year it was two percent. Yes. Exactly. So it'd be it'd be nervous nervous times if you're a builder at the moment. If you have if you do happen to have a builder who isn't charging your variations and seems to be finishing the job just you know be grateful i think because uh you could be a very good manager of a building organization and still be really struggling today Mm. Uh, and and obviously hats goes off we might have some listeners who are builders hats go off to you guys you're doing a uh, really tough job at the moment um good on you if if you're making it all work um where do we go next I'm, i'm thinking uh i might talk about this uh, sensational, in my opinion, uh, proposal that's been put up. And I want to get your thoughts on oh, this. I think I know where you might by, be going by, with by this. Liberal, my Liberal, man Braggsy. Liberal, Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg. Braggsy. He's, 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 he's had a great idea. I like it. Mm. Why do you have to park your super in some uh, – I don't – like you and I were trying to work this out the other day. Have you – if you try and figure out what your super fund made you last year, mm. um, get a cup of coffee and and lock away an hour because <laughs> you, you need a degree in in, 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 in hardcore mathematics to try and figure out their statements. Their, their statements are ten pages long. You got to. I'm trying. Yeah. You know, if I want to go and see, all right, how much has my money returned me relative mm. to you know um, the, the investment amount? So a percentage, right? You can't find it. And when you do... Well, what's confusing is it's, it, it tells you how much money you had, how much money you've got. Yeah. But then what, you, don't, what, you, what you, you, you think, oh, that's incredible. 
But but then you go, wait a sec, no, my, my employer has put money in throughout the Correct. year. Correct. So I've got to figure out what they put in. Correct. So I can then figure out what the fund actually made. So I found it buried. <laughs> buried. I went and looked at it the other day. I found it buried. <laughs> and my super fund's reporting that it made me a 7.7% return over the last 12 months. And I'm thinking, that's pretty good. That sounds good. And then I look into it deeper. That's before all of your fees, costs, everything gets taken out. And I'm just going to segue into a little pop quiz or stat fact, whatever you might call it. So I'll give you a, a the scenario. By the way, we've got no producer Jordan this week, so there's <laughs> there's going to be no um, no stinger, no stinger. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how to work you, those can things. Can you give us a live rendition of it? Uh, stat fact. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, sounds, sounds pretty good. So sorry, think, guys. Um, we, Jordan's back next week, listeners. We will up the game next week. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was going to say is. Um, Super funds across Australia manage about $3 trillion of funds today. What do yes. you think per annum they issue in fees? Oh, on three, three trillion. Oh, 300 million? 30 billion in fees. 30 billion? Across the country are levied to, you know, everyday Australians via their supers, which is a lot of money when you think it's about it. big industry. It. So back to Bragsy, who's proposing. I don't even know if we got into what he was proposing, but no, we didn't actually. But <laughs> but but it is but, relative. You'll but I guess. So what do you reckon your net return was after fees? I, I worked it out. So I think I paid about thousand dollars in fees. It worked out that it dropped to about six percent, which is still okay. Like sounds six percent is pretty good. Six percent sounds okay, but I'm yep. still. By the way, I'm still not like confident that that's correct. I haven't audited enough to to be comfortable with it, but. Either way, the 7.7 netted out to about 6% after your costs. And also, you know, that's factoring in your insurance premiums through your super that you're paying for, you know, life, death, total disability, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, the fees and, and, and an admin costs that they, they levy you. But $30 billion across the country to everyday Australians per annum is a lot of money in fees that super funds charge. Obviously, there are good super funds out there, so it does pay to... Talk to someone who knows about super funds, not us, yeah. but uh, talk Get to someone who knows about it. Like financial advice areas, aren't we? Yes. Uh, Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg. Yes, Bragg. Let's talk about what he has proposed yes. then. Yes. So, Lau, I've, I've, I've done the headline dot points, right? And what he sounds like he's proposing to me is that he wants people to have the ability, if they so choose, to move their super balance mm-hmm. into their offset accounts, which would help you know, carry the burden of interest rates and help offset the cost of your, your home loans effectively. Yeah. So in summary, that's the, the snapshot of what he's doing. And he's banged the super drum a lot in his time. I think he was the one that was proposing that um, during COVID, you can unlock super to, to get into the market and all that type of thing. So not, not out of his wheelhouse, but this is his latest. Super fun into the offset. Would you do it if you had the ability? And what do you think of it? Uh, I love it, yeah. and and I think he can support it. You can go on his website, and mm. he's like, you can register to to support the idea. Mm. But I think it's it's a great initiative for uh, people who you know. If you think about it, the money that you pay on your mortgage is after tax dollars. Yes. So if you're paying six percent in interest, which the average homeowner would be paying about that today. Yes. Which which is is akin to the return that you got last year, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The issue is it's after tax. Mm. So most people are getting taxed 30 cents on the dollar. Mm. So you've got to earn like 9% yes. to pay the 6%. Yes. So I, I think in in a lot of instances, you're going to be better off having that money 
uh, go into an offset which reduces the 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 the, the interest that you pay on your home loan and and how quickly you can pay off that home loan. Yes. And then and then yeah you 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 know get a probably a better return unless you're getting nine percent or more mm. in this interest rate environment. Mm. Now I yeah. think you wouldn't do it in a low interest rate environment. Yes. But in a high interest rate environment to have that option would be very handy. Yeah, I think so. Having the option for sure. The only risk I think it has is that you move it into your offset, you get a saving each month, and it's probably assumed in the policy that that saving becomes a buffer, right? But I'm telling you, our under 40s, they're <laughs> going to spend that. That's getting spent for sure, which will you know, ultimately keep inflation rising, keep interest rates going up, and we might be stuck on a treadmill where we keep oh, spending. And, and, well, you know, no, you, like, you should just you shouldn't be able to, to to change your minimum repayments. Yes, that's a good point. So you should just basically be. Point, be or have you just sort of come up with that one? No, I've just I'll, I'll give that, that to I'll Andrew like Andrew when I sign yeah. his petition or something. <laughs> I, like uh, I think to have the option. Look, I think it's good. In, in you you wouldn't have done it three years ago when interest no. rates were zero point one percent. You just, or, no. or you know, two or three percent, whatever you're paying, yes. it wouldn't have made sense. But in you know, in a high interest rate environment, to have the option w- would be very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree. You're not also getting like compound interest either if you, re- you know, like your super funds reinvest everything. So yes, there, there's pros and cons. I think having the the option, and it should be up yes. to everyone to decide themselves. So I think it's it's a good option to have. Yeah. Uh, I'll set this next one up for you, and and get, and I'm going to ask you a question at the end here. Mm. Um, so Alex and I had been talking about the mortgage wars and, yep. and what I mean by the mortgage wars is you've got the big banks in Australia that are, that are needing to grow. So they, they, every year they've got shareholders, right? Yeah. So their shareholders potentially are our super funds who are saying, Hey, I need to see the value of my shares increase. So the only way they can do that is they've got to grow. And to do that, they, they grow their loan book. The problem that they're facing at the moment is there's more and more lenders and the amount of borrowings are shrinking. In fact, the amount of money being borrowed at the moment is about 25% below where it was in, in 2021, 2022. 25% lower today than it was when? 21, 22. Yes. So okay. people just aren't taking out new loans. Yes. As different from refinancing. Refinancing doesn't add to the pool, yes. right? Yes. So uh, the big four banks, and there's one in particular mm-hmm. who has gone against the grain, mm. and I'll talk about who it is in the mo- in a moment. But could you hazard a guess at how much money the four big banks in Australia, mm-hmm. ANZ, Commonwealth Bank, NAB, and Westpac, made last year in profit? Combined. So we just talked about the builders and how they yes. might have been lucky to yes. make ten or twenty million. So, so you're talking about like an aggregate amount totaled between the yep. big four. Yeah. I'm going to hazard a guess that they were somewhere around, let's say, five billion on average profit per bank. So call it twenty twenty billion. Thirty two and a bit billion. Whilst interest rates are go- doing what they're doing. Exactly. Wow. Commonwealth so, Bank. Commonwealth Bank alone made ten billion. And um, ANZ. A- ANZ, uh, NAB, and Westpac all made in the early sevens. Jeez, that's big money. And where's it coming from? Like you're saying new loans are down. So obviously, surely those businesses aren't producing more profit than they were in previous years. Is it coming from other sectors of their business? or What's well, their margin? So what they've yeah, been doing is okay. they, they take our savings yes. 
and then they lend it out. Yes. So what they've been doing is they've been pushing our loan rates up. Yes. But they haven't been increasing savings by oh, as much. Slimy buggers. Slimy buggers. I know. <laughs> well, and ANZ are onto it. So ANZ have for a long time had a big business banking arm, but they've said we're going to go more aggressively after the home loan market. Mm. And so what they've actually done is they've cut their margins. So instead of competing with all the other banks on similar margins, they have literally, uh, I've got the exact figure here, they have uh, dropped their margin from 2.4% to 1.65%. Wow. Chasing more uh, mortgage mortgages. Wow. Okay. So they're, yeah, right. They're, they're wanting to grow their loan books. Rather yes. Than, yeah. Okay. Well, he's quite bullish. The CEO is, I think, I think a gentleman by the name of Shane Elliott. Yeah. And he says it's just a no-brainer because it's so safe. He says there was no mortgage cliff. It was greatly exaggerated. And he's also talked about how the banks are actually far too conservative in terms of lending. He says getting credit, as in getting a loan today, is slowly becoming the preserve of the rich. Mm. The average income today of a person getting a home loan is materially higher then the average citizen and their wage, and that gap is continuing to grow. If you want to have a loan, uh, if you want a loan, you have to be better off, or essentially, you have to be rich. That's what he That's said. pretty strong. Words from the mouth of the CEO, <laughs> the CEO of ANZ. Wow. Okay. So ANZ are bullish and going yes. hard at it. Yes. I also read um, they've basically taken a bit of a quality over quantity approach in their commercial and institutional banking sector. I saw this too. This was interesting, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was very much so. So I think, um, I think uh, institutional the, being like really like, big companies, like they're your top of the town type of arrangements, state, you know, like big public companies or you know government agencies. So they're not your everyday business bankers like your mum and dads. They're they're the, your, your big institutional public companies and whatsoever. I think that last year they had twenty seven thousand customers in that sector. So twenty seven thousand institutional or commercial banking customers. 27,000, yeah. 27,000. They've reduced that to 7,000. Sorry, Oof. that's over the past seven years that they've gone from 27,000. Oh, I was going to 7, say. Not, yeah. not in one year. My, my apologies. Over the <laughs> imagine, last seven, imagine, imagine being the poor 20,000 that got... Uh, what, did you just get a letter from ANZ going, <laughs> thanks so much. Um, you've got like two weeks notice to go find a new bank. But um, in any event, though, their profit's gone up in that sector. So they've reduced their, 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 their clients or, or customers to 7,000. Um, but they've increased their, their their profit. So I think their profit was $1.94 billion um, last year, and it's gone up to $2.96 billion, even though that they've reduced their clients. So there you go. There we go. And and sorry, I, did, I forgot to make the segue. A couple of episodes mm. ago spoke about the fact that Commonwealth Bank, for the first time in two decades, had their total loans shrink in a quarter. Yeah. And hence my point that ANZ has been basically taking that Their business from Commonwealth Bank, the biggest bank in Australia. So there is a, a war going on at the moment. How is it relevant for you if, you if you're a listener? Your bank is charging you more interest than they should. Mm. That is a fact. That's mm. like everywhere. It's, it's crazy at the moment. The Reserve Bank are, are publishing figures every month to the effect that the average uh, person pays half to 1% more than what a new customer with the same financial situation gets. Wow. So, I mean, we bang on about it all the time. And think, I think every time I've been on the podcast, this has come up in some way. But well, because it bank, literally isn't changing. But it literally isn't changing. Nah. The number gets published by the Reserve Bank 
every single month. And if anything, it's it's gotten it's gotten bigger mm. in the last six months. So, hey, speaking of banks and super funds, geez, they'd be hating Bragsy. Like, imagine <laughs> imagine if the three trillion dollars comes out of the super funds into yes. the offset accounts. That's going to hit banks' profits as well as the super funds' fees that they miss. So, and they're two fairly big beasts in in you know in the country to to be going up against. So, Bragsy, bold move. Well, you think about it. There's 14 or 15 million Australians earning $80,000 a year mm. paying 12% super. Mm. There would be a lot of money flowing into super funds every single year. Oh, yeah. Much more than they could spend. Absolutely. Anyway, topic for another day. Um, I think we'll I think we'll wrap it up, Mitch. Yeah. That's, no. uh, it's been a fair ramble. It's been, fairly it's been a fair ramble this episode, actually. It's been good. Yeah, little, it's like yeah, you know, little little ramble, little chat. Well, we weren't we were tempted not to do an episode, weren't we? In fact, yeah, producer we Jordan suggested we don't do an episode. <laughs> he had no trust or faith in us to be able to <laughs> well hit record. Which is hold fair, on, which is fair. hold on. We haven't we haven't got it into the podcast system yet. So <laughs> we might just be talking if you're to listening each other. to this, we figured it out. <laughs> uh, and producer jo- Jordan, if you're listening, uh, sucked in. Yeah. We we did, <laughs> we fig- did. figure it out. Um, <laughs> But there was just too much going on, wasn't there? And, was, and we had yeah, the episode last week with a guest. So we thought, look, uh, we're just going to have far too much to cover yeah. in the next week if we didn't do it. So I'm grateful that we did. Uh, guys, please do give us some feedback. Got a bit of feedback on the guest, uh, Todd Sloan, that I had oh, last yeah. week. Quite a few people liked the fact that we showcased a, a different approach. Yeah, nice. I um, listened to some, that episode, actually, and I, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, worth a listen, guys, if you if you haven't yet as well. Uh, Mitch and I will be back for the quick shots later this week as well, so keep an eye out for that. And we'll be back next week, you and I, Mitch, because Alex is uh, – she's on leave. leave. And and on maternity leave, like, yeah, genuinely now. Genuinely. So no more emails. <laughs> no. <laughs> no more phone calls. She's exactly. gone dark. All right, guys, have a great week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot. <laughs>